Alright, so this is just a few minutes after our last podcast. This is a special bonus feature of the Man of Sculpting podcast. And we got off and we said, let's make a top ten list of cards in standard that we think you know are going to be relevant going forward. You know, So this is including new Phyrexia cards. And then we're going to re- revisit this in three months and just see how wrong we were. And just for kicks, we also did a top three of each color. Now we made this completely independent of each other, so we're going to talk it out right here and hash it out until we get to our top ten. So while we start, Wally, what's your number ten? My number ten is Squadron Hawk. Squadron Hawk. Squadron, it's just a card advantage machine. Yeah. Squadron Hawk. Okay, so... That was not on my top ten. But what? I know. I think you're wrong. But continue. <laughs> but I I don't know. I I've I've always enjoyed Squadron Hawk. Clearly I'm a blue white control player, so I've you know, played with it a lot recently. I I don't know, I'm afraid of it getting outclassed, I guess. But I guess time will tell. So, but I, I can I can give you that spot. I think I think I can agree. Squad and Hawk should be powerful enough until, ro- excuse me, until rotation that it can take the ten spot. Okay. So as of right now, I'm gonna pencil it in as being on right. our ten spot. What was your ten though? Cough of the hammer. Who did not make my top ten? See, I think. Koth does some broken things with the proliferate mechanic and just seems really powerful. I think he might get exploited a little more in the next couple months. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I I guess partly because. Koth would be in my top five in block for sure. I think partly because whenever I was playing, you know, Cobblade. Cargo, and they were able to stick a cough on me. It just made it very difficult. Um, the whole rest of the game became a lot more difficult. Now, Sword of War and Peace obviously changes that a lot because you know not only does it give you know you can get through pretty easy, but it also you know you can like hit them and then redirect the damage to their planeswalker to cough, so he becomes much more manageable. But yeah, so. We'll see. But I'll give 10 to Squadron Hawk, and we'll kind of table Koth and see what happens. <laughs> Alright, I like that. I like the win. I'll take the W. Okay, the you can take the W. So, Alright, what's your, what's your 9? Continuing on the red theme, and I'm going to stick to my guns on this one, so you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for him. I think Urbras the Hidden is really good. I mean, okay, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's a there's one red card that's occupying my number eight spot with two other cards right now in my whole top ten. <laughs> um, I think Urbass is really good. Um, I don't know that the red is going to be really good. My number nine is the card I think, if we're going to ban a card to fix standard, is my number nine card. And that's Preordain. Preordain. <laughs> yeah, so Preordain is my number eight. So, like, I definitely think it's going to end up somewhere around there on this list. So, okay, so let's just, we can jot that one in somewhere. 
<laughs> now, why Urbarask? I mean, obviously he's super powerful, right? Like, super powerful. Fair stuff comes into play tap, so it slows him down with mana. It makes our creatures just terrible. And yeah. makes all your dudes really good and fast and awesome. Sure. So... But, I mean, like, he's good, but, you know, he's red. Yeah, so here's basically kind of my thinking on the Urbrask. And hold on 10 seconds. I have to look up a card so I make sure I don't say anything too stupid and get flamed by everyone, all of our listeners. Oh, come on. So, Geosurge. Geosurge okay. costs 4 red and kicks 7 mana in your mana pool. And you can only use it to cast artifact or creature spells. So my thinking is, is that the turn you play Koth, if you just are playing him off four mountains, which is, you know, pretty reasonable, you can use his minus two, actually, and cast Geosurge in order to cast, you know, if you if you had this, you know, Ourobrask and something else. Or, basically, or, I mean, Inferno Titan. <laughs> I just think the addition of Geosurge into the set makes big, expensive red creatures that, well, basically red creatures that were previously expensive just a lot more castable. And I also think just the number, like, Everflying Chalice and Sphere of the Suns in the set, you know, gives red the ramp it needs, you know, to kind of finish games or to accelerate past your opponent. So... I think he seems pretty broken. I think the yeah, the ability to slow down your opponent that much, especially if they're tapped out, you know? So, yeah, they at least have to spend a removal spell on this guy, and then that means that they're not casting something to put pressure on Koth, you know, or any of your other creatures. He seems pretty solid to me. I guess I'm, yeah. he's, he's kind of my going out on a limb, this is the card I think is going to make it out of new Phyrexia in the standard. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll play it. I'll let you keep it. I'll let you keep it. All right, so Urbrask is in at number nine. But you know what? I do think Squadron Hawk's better than that. So let's put Urbrask at ten and bump the Hawk up to nine. Okay, I like that. You know, I'll, I'll take the bump. All right. My card just keeps keep getting better. <laughs> so um, Urbrask is maybe our sleeper. <laughs> yeah. 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 For me, I'm gonna say he might. He might be like at ten and a half. Put me in the top top ten. So but, you know, let's let's stick him at ten. So my my next set of cards here, um, maybe one of these three, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself. I guess. All right. But mine is two mana instant speed artifact removal spell. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious because my number three is just titled main deck artifact removal. <laughs> oh. I mean, my number eight is Glissa Scorn, Shatter, and Divine Offering. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, Shatter obviously is the worst of those three because it doesn't do anything else. But, uh, you know, one colored mana, one colorless mana, blow up there, whatever, speeding you. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally agree. I would add maybe the one, Nature's Claim being in the mix as well. Um... Yeah, I think the format is basically going to be defined around decks that beat Cobblade, and that's it. Like, it's going to be decks that beat Cobblade until Cobblade's hated out, 
And I think people are going to main deck artifact removal, like an, until it proves to be fruitless. But like if we think about it, the number of permanents you're killing that are going to be in the game, like it just makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it is time to main deck artifact removal. Uh, you know, bummer if you're blue and black, right? <laughs> okay, so you had it at eight. I had it, I had it at eight. three. So let's put it at five. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. Alright, so five tentatively is basically main deck artifact removal, choose your color. Yep. Okay, so my next card, well, my next card is preordained, but the next card for that is similar to that, and it's Beast Within. Ooh. And it's basically, in my opinion, green's only hope <laughs> 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 to being a relevant color. Um, it, it, well, actually, there's another card in the list that also makes green relevant, but this is the one that kind of gives it the ability to answer anything that it's never had before. It turns it into... It gives green a control card. Let's put it that way. All right. I think if you play green, this will be in your list somewhere. And I think that's a staple of kind of a, a power card. Uh, my, number, my number seven is... Uh, sort of Beast and Famine. Okay. Uh, it's, you know, un and again, you know, because Squadron Hawk's on the list, uh, starts really good. Um, <coughs> I'm kind of afraid of black. I think a lot of people are going to be playing a lot of black cards, a lot of black creatures, and removal spells in the near future. You know, I think a lot of people are, are convinced mono black is is the way to go, and I'm not saying they're wrong, it's certainly a good deck, it seems modestly affordable on that, which is another reason that it's scary, and Beast and Famine just beats it. So here's, here's, here's the big no question. Black artifact Here, here's, right? here's the big question. If the number two, or maybe number one card in our list, Stoneforge Mystic, which I'm guessing is either your one or two. I think it's it actually my three, but yeah. Okay. If that's not on the list, are any of the equipment that are on your list still on the list? Like, are they that powerful by themselves? I mean, I, I think there's there's one equipment um, that I would probably still play, um, and it's and batter skull. I mean, I think I would probably still try and find a way to play batter skull. Yeah, I mean, the trouble is though, is that batter skull is honestly the one that synergizes most with Stoneforge Mystic, right? Yeah. Because so because like it's it's high casting cost and equip cost, you know, make it you know, the most synergistic with. See, because my problem is is that, you know, I can't remember what format it was, but there was a format. Um, I don't remember what it was. Oh, it was, the, it was uh, whenever uh, the Jitte was, you know, in standard. It was basically everyone just played four copies of Jitte and then some deck. That's <laughs> what it seems like to me. I didn't play then. Can't tell you exactly. Are any of these equipment powerful enough that when Stoneforge Mystic rotates, you're just like, eh, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to play four Sword and Feast and Famine. Or I'm just going to play four Batter Skull. It's that good. I mean, probably not, but the thing about uh, the Jitte is is that some people, you know, like, they, they main-decked it to beat their other one, because it's a legendary artifact. Yeah. 
So, I mean, a, a lot of it was you had to have so many because you knew you were going to get, they were just going to blow yours up by playing theirs. You know, I, I think that you can, you can get away with playing fewer of uh, the current standard ones. Um, I don't think I would run a sword in an environment post stone forge mystic. Um, but I, I do think I would still try to run a batter skull. Okay. Just because I, I think I just like it. I like the idea of you know, it coming down and making it do. I would be kind of enter the battlefield triggers on creatures. So you want to differentiate the swords from the batter skull? I do. I, I think batter skull is in a vacuum is better than every sword. Okay. So where did you have batter skull on your list? Uh, batter skull is my four. Okay. So batter skull is your four. Do you have any other swords? No. Okay. I didn't touch another sword. Alright, so, alright, so let's table those. Let's just say, you know, there's basically, and I agree, by the way, I think Sword of Feast and Famine and Batter Skull, the two best equipments to be fetching, fetching right now. Um, and in all honesty, I think the next one is probably Sword of War and Peace. Um, just because most likely in the mirror match, it's going to be House. So. Let's table that as we work through some yeah. of the other cards. But I, I yeah, pretty I, much agree. They weren't yeah, on my I list. Like, oh, they weren't on my list because I don't believe they're inherently powerful enough without Stoneforge Mystic. But of course, Stoneforge Mystic is in the format, so we have to think about that. So, But I give Stoneforge Mystic more power because it's inherently powerful because it, you know, it, it is the enabler to get these, you know... These reasonably powered artifacts, equipment. Yeah, and I, I also like. I mean, sort of body mind is really good because it, it just reads like protection from jays, right? Like, sure. Like you can't bounce my guy. Yeah. But you know, this but is it, obviously it didn't make my list because there there are more ways to deal with jays than there are ways to protect yourself from him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I agree. So we just kind of, you know, I just, I didn't list it. Yeah, okay. So, right. So the next card I had on my list was Gideon Jura. Okay. So I just think he enables blue-white control to always be a viable strategy. Um, when you go around a tournament, you just hear so many people saying, what are you doing to beat Gideon? Or, I was going to play this, but it could never beat Gideon. <laughs> or, okay, I'm going to play Gideon, because whenever I land him, usually it takes them two to three turns to kill him, and in that time I've stabilized my board. Um, he just seems, to me, he's always seemed broken. Yeah, um, Gideon's on my list. Uh, higher than yours. Gideon is actually, I, I think, the best card in the standard. I think he's my number one. Wow, okay. I I mean, he he's a removal spell, he's a fog, and he's a beater. I mean, what other spell is all of those things? Sure. I mean, he's, he's literally everything except the counter spell. I mean, he's certainly... Won. Well, I mean... Is he more versatile than Jace? I was about to say he's certainly the most versatile card in standard, and then I thought about Jace. But is he more versatile than Jace? 
I mean, I think he is, right? Like, <laughs> he obviously, like, like, even if, like, in an aggro strategy, right, like, outside of the control, like, let's say you're playing green-white, right? You land him, you fog, and then you, yeah, you alpha-strike, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they all attack, idiots, exactly. all their things, and you alpha-strike. Like, Jace can't do that. Like, Jace, like, bounces one of their guys, right? Yeah, they bash in like, and kill him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you can't, like, you know, yeah. Jace, Jace can't, I mean, it takes Jace a long time to be able to kill somebody. It takes yeah. getting, like, three turns, yeah. right? That's true. So, Alright, so we obviously like him a lot, so let's put him up to like the one to three slot. Because I actually thought you weren't going to have him on your list. So I'm pleasantly oh, no, surprised is. to hear that you like him as much as I do. Oh man, yeah, he's he's my number one. You know, I'm, I'm brewing a deck that plays him and not Jace. Like, it's a control deck that doesn't play Jace. Um, he's just, he's that good. That if, if they reprint Gideon, you know, the exact reprint as the Rise one and M12, I will be the happiest man in the world. Like, like I'll, I'll still, like, I'll buy M11 or M12 like crazy just because I know how good Gideon is. Just <laughs> to have him because I'm like, hey, everyone else in the world, Gideon's awesome. I have a bunch of him, get him. Exactly. I mean, All right, good. Good. Okay, so that that brings me to my the other green card I referenced earlier. So my number five is Lotus Cobra. Okay. Um, just, I don't know. We skipped my six. Okay, oh, sorry. Go ahead. My number six is Tumble Magnet. Okay. I, I love Tumble Magnet. I, now, how do you think Tumble Magnet fares if our other prediction, the main deck artifact removal, becomes standard? Um... If you take out my tumble magnet and my sword or my batter skull lips, I'll be happy. Okay. You know, like I'll I'll tap one of your guys down as you're blowing my thing up. It'll buy me that one turn I need to be able to resolve something better. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's you know, like people people are afraid of it. People really are, and it either either they wait it out and now you can proliferate it, right? So like, there's there's never like a point that they're going to be able to like wait out your tumble magnet because you'll always be able to add counters. Now, it's clearly very good in control, right? Right. So, okay. So let's put that. I'm going to add that. I agree, by the way. I agree with all those points. I think it's going to be very good. The only thing that makes me hesitate to, like, make it an auto top ten is that in some matchups, it's just not good. Like, in some matchups, you just don't want it in your hand. And I think as we face... You know, something of a new reality with the combo decks, the Tumble Magnet becomes a little bit less good. But, yeah. Yeah. But as long as there's aggro in the format, you know, having a Tumble Magnet is very good. I mean, but like, even the, the Deceiver XR Splinter Twin combo, the Tumble Magnet stops it, buys you some turns. Like, you just tap their guy down there and there. You know, they're in their draw step after they're untapped with their upkeep, and there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, exactly. So, nice. Um, so, exactly. So, so let's put Tumble... Let's, we don't have an 8 yet. Do you want to put Tumble Magnet at 8? Yeah, you, I'm, you, I'm okay with that. I think, I think Tumble Magnet as the 8 is good. Okay. I think that's pretty good, too. That's more than fair to, to 
Okay, so where do you have Lotus Cobra on your top ten? I, I don't have a green card in my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you think Lotus Cobra deserves a spot considering how straight up powerful it is? And it's literally well let's I'll be I'll be blind. It's it's the only green card that I'm ever afraid of. Ever. Like land a primeval titan, I don't care. Like Yeah, I mean I'm only afraid of it in combination with other cards on the top ten. True. But right. it enables all of those combinations, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's an enabler. Um I mean not not, not in the same way that Stoneforge Mystic is. No. I mean I don't know, there's just I mean, and granted, you know, tumble magnet doesn't stop it. You know? Tapping it exactly. down doesn't do anything, it still does its job. But yeah. you have to remove it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really listen to, like, any removal in my top ten, so I guess I should kind of be afraid of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think yeah, it, it probably deserves a top ten spot. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, I mean, Cobblade's the most powerful deck in Standard. Like, two of the other most powerful decks in Standard all revolve around Lotus Cobra, and that's, you know, Balakit and Rug. Yep. And, and when people are main decking, you know, Mortar Pod, like, pretty much primarily to kill Lotus Cobra. Like, I think you yeah. have to give that some respect. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a card that, that when I see it, I, I know there's a, like, the race is on. Yeah, I mean, it does broken things, right? Like, Yeah, it, it really does. It allows you to, to do some pretty ridiculous <coughs> things, assuming you have, you know, fetches and... Yeah. I mean, I mean, of of all the cards on our list, I think to be to be really honest, like, and I don't, I've actually never played this this card in like a standard deck, like where I've like you know went out and bought it or something, but like it allows you to do more than any other card on our list. Like Jace puts you ahead in cards. Like Gideon's very utilitarian and is very powerful. Like Stoneforge Mystic gets you some of the best cards in the game. Like. Lotus Cobra allows you to do things that you should never be allowed to do on certain turns. Yeah, it, it definitely it puts you turns ahead, which is something nothing else really does, right? Yeah, so I, I think it needs to be on the list somewhere. I think I'm leaning, like, in the sixth spot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. I don't think it's top five. I don't think so either, but the fact that it's in the format makes you respect it. Alright, so six it is. Alright, so what was your what was your five? Um Path to Exile, I mean dispatch. Okay. Um I mean artifacts <laughs> are, are here to stay, right? Like they're good. We have them on the top ten. Um but even even just tapping a guy down for one mana. I mean, obviously, there's better things to do, right, for one mana. Yeah. But comboing with my number one card, Gideon, you know, it's like a one mana removal spell. Yeah. I, I like it. I think yeah. it's good. Yeah, I completely... I mean, and if you have Metal Craft, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so when we, when we first... When the set first broke, this was, you know, I mean, you can tell this is the card I was most excited about, right? I mean, it was actually one of the first spoilers we got, and I was, like, instantly excited about it. Um, and then my excitement kind of died down, but I think now it's definitely back up. Like, after kind of hearing some of your deck results, you know, with this kind of artifact white deck we've been playing around with, 
um, and just kind of realizing that playing Path to Exile is usually broken. <laughs> that Path to Exile with no downside is incredibly broken. <laughs> um, it just seems really good. So I I think uh, I just penned it. I just pencil it in as our four spot. What do you think? Okay, um, that's fair. Okay, sweet. So what was your what was the four you had? My number four is Batter's Ball. I mean, and okay. I I think I'm okay at this point to to lump uh like the equipment package, like just kind of lump it all together. Okay. So let's see. like, and it can even be like Stoneboard Mystic slash every equipment and. So, like, so we both had preordain at like seven or eight, right? So I think we need to give preordain seven, right? Well, preordain was my nine. Okay. So like, so I, I mean, I think eight is more than fair. Okay, tumble magnets at eight is preordain better than tumble magnet? Yes. <laughs> yeah, preordain better than tumble magnet. Okay, so preordain gets seven. Okay. Okay, so. You just said the sword package. So we have three. We basically have our top three left. So basically, the equipment package needs one yeah. of those spots, maybe. So here's. I'll just go through my. So here's my top four left. So my fourth is mana leak. My third is main deck artifact removal. Second is stoneforge mystic, and first is jace. Okay. What were your what were your top four? Uh, I'll run. I mean, Batter Skull was my was my four. Yeah. Stoneforge Mystic, Jays, and then Gideon. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. So so here are the I mean here are the cards we have left. We have we have Gideon, Jace, Stoneforge, and the equipment. And I completely agree with pretty much all of those. I mean, are those, are those, like, we can, those, that's, we have four spots left? Well, we have three spots left, unfortunately. Here's the list we have now. Four Dispatch, five Artifact Removal, six Lotus Cobra, seven Preordain, eight Tumble Magnet, nine Hawk, ten Urobrask. Okay, I mean... So it's looking pretty <laughs> control-ish. Like, basically, we have <laughs> Artifact Removal, Preordain, Tumble Magnet, Hawks... And then we'd have Jace, Gideon, Stoneforge, and Equipment. So we almost made a blue-white control deck. <laughs> yeah, we, we, just, we pretty much built Cobblade, right? <laughs> so, okay, so let's put... This is tough. I mean, do you want to put, like, Stoneforge and the Equipment? Like, I think the Stoneforge Equipment... It, it's kind of one thing. I think the right. Stoneforge equipment package can be one thing. I think we're bending the rules yeah. a little bit, but I'm pretty sure one without the other is not good, right? Like Stoneforge yeah. without Bonkers equipment would not be played, and equipment without Stoneforge Mystic would not be played in the amount it is. Yeah, I mean, I, so, yeah, I would not play Stoneforge Mystic if there wasn't any equipment. And I, I mean, I'm inclined to give that the number one spot. Just, just because of. The fact that it, it does everything. Like, I mean, all these I mean, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, at the current point of standard, Cobblade is the best deck we've seen in years. 
Like or years. Or you think Callboy is, is better than John? Yes. Easily. Better than Super Friends? I just have to ask. Like, All-American Control? Yes. It runs okay. more. It runs more counter spells, has less mana issues. It's close though because Elspeth's like maybe one of the best planeswalkers ever printed. Like Elspeth is almost as powerful as a sword. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely know that it's in the top three. You know, I mean, it's it's a great, it's a great piece. I mean, it would actually it's be. Just, it's, it's one of those things like it, it dies to a lot more stuff than planeswalkers do, right? Like it's a lot easier to feed yeah. an artifact than a planeswalker. Yeah, I think that's true. So I mean, okay, let's give it the, let's give it the three spot then. That's fine. I I because basically we're saying one without the other wouldn't be good, and but yet Jason Gideon have always been good. Yeah, and and they're good by themselves. I mean, they're better with each other, right? Like they're really good with each other. But, you know, clearly they're both very good by themselves. Now, I mean, here's the question. Which one is better? Jace. Okay, what's, what's your argument for that? I mean, we already kind of covered Gideon, how he's like everything. Right? Yeah, I mean, Gideon's everything, but I think without, without Jace, Gideon would not be as good as he is because Jace's card draw ability basically allows you to be able to play Gideon and then get the cards you need to support him. Um, it allows you to either sit back and counters to get your wrath, you know, to get you know whatever you need. I mean, I mean, I mean, Jace really is like he's he's like the ultimate deck smoother, and even that he can play defense. Like he can use his unsummon. Um, and there, there's just so many creatures that Gideon alone is holding at bay that, to be honest, or sorry, that Jace alone is holding at bay that Gideon couldn't handle. Like, yeah, Persecutor... Yeah, I mean, like all the titans, right? Like, like, Persecutor, Obliterator, um, like, you know, a lot of, the, even the titans, you know, like, fit into that category. And, you know, without Jace slowing down that plan where you can cast Gideon, like, I don't think Gideon's is good. And also, every blue deck plays Jace, but not every white deck plays Gideon. Right, like, if you play blue, you play three cards, right? You play Jace, you play Preordain, and you play Mana League. Like, I don't think we can say that as assuredly about maybe any other color except for red, in which you play Koth, Lightning Bolt, and I guess that's it, so maybe it's only two. I mean, <laughs> white yeah, you play Stoneforge. Yeah. Like right? I mean, white you, play, white you play Stoneforge Mystic, and probably Gideon, but like not, you know. I mean, Squadron Hawk, right? You, you, play, you play Squadron Hawk, and. I guess, Every relevant white deck, right? Like, you yeah. two or three, right? Like, yeah, which is why it's on the list, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'll, I'll agree. I mean, I, Jace is inherently more powerful, right? Like, I, mean, there, I, I think the results the results just don't lie. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. That's Those are my thoughts. <laughs> okay. 
what do you think is better, turn three Gideon or turn four Jace? Well, turn three Gideon. Checklist to follow. <laughs> Checklist to follow. Yes. Uh, I'm going to work out the kinks, but that that is why I have Gideon at number one. Is Devin Castle on turn three. All right, so here's our list, and we're huge homers apparently because we just came out with a blue white control deck. With no, my... oh, I have one more question though. One more okay. Question. What do you think is better, Urabast or Basic Island? <laughs> well, in the, in the recent GP, there was you know like 40 islands played and no Urabrasks, or even any cards that were close to Urabrask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess that's my question. Is does does island does it need to be the top ten spot? Like obviously not, but you know. Start I'm collecting them. Start collect. Island. Start collecting them now. Yeah, I mean, I hear. I mean, island. Their their value is only going up, right? It's only going up. So, hang on to them. All okay, right. I'm sorry. Go ahead and do the top ten. <laughs> Number one is Jace, the Mayan sculptor. Closely followed by Gideon Jura. Then the Stoneforge Equipment Package is at 3. Dispatch is at 4. Artifact Removal is at 5. And by the way, I think Dispatch is probably the one we're going most out on a limb with. Agreed. So, we recognize that, all of you haters. And we are going to build a deck that plays it and crushes your souls. Yep. Five is that's right. Basically, we're freaking Mirans, and we hate Phyrexia, and we're gonna own you. We're gonna come back because you let us live, and we're gonna eat you. Although, when we play with the with the whole team, <laughs> we we really are like, all right, you guys sacrifice yourself to make us better. <laughs> that that happens with the Mirans too. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, we're going to send them this, this wave of you guys to clear out all the junk, and then we're going to come in and take all the glory. That's right. <laughs> it's like in X-Men, where the pawns go first. Anyhow. I like it. Five is the main deck artifact removal. Six is the Lotus Cobra. Seven is Preordain. Eight is Tumble Magnet. Nine is Squadron Hawk. And ten, we're giving a little bit of a nod to Red and Urubrask. So. Um, noticeably absent is a... Black cards. Yeah, very noticeably absent. The only okay. So so on that, let's cover like our top three from each color, like fairly quickly. Okay. So go ahead and do white. Yeah, uh, Gideon, Stoneforge, Dispatch. Right. I mean, so I, all I had. 10, they all deserve a spot in the top three. Yeah, I had Stoneforge, Gideon, Squadron Hawk. So I mean, obviously we're in pretty close agreement there. Um, we picked one new card, so. The only other card I was thinking about, and it's just because I played it this weekend and it was so bonkers, was Elish Norn. So. Yeah, that card seems really good in a, in a post-Jace environment. Yeah, and then the other card noticeably absent in my top... Well, we'll get to it. So anyway, blue, I had Jace the Mind Sculptor, Mana Leak, and Preordain. Uh, mine is the same, I just flipped the Preordain and the Mana Leak. Okay, yeah, actually I probably would have done that, but I just, I just kind of jotted them down. And then the card that I'm that I'm most interested in blue is actually Gataxian Probe. Um, I think that's definitely the card that I'm kind of most interested in seeing how it works out in adding. So yeah, I, mean, would, I, I already have, I have three of my four that I'm gonna gonna keep already. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, excited yeah. about them. So um, go ahead and do black. Uh, 
Phyrexian Obliterator, Dorp of the Throat, and Grave Titan. Um, I mean, two strong creatures and one way to kill both of them. <laughs> okay, I think I have one that's noticeably absent from your list, which is Inquisition of Kozilek. Okay. So that was my number one. Um, it's actually like the reason I would play black. And then Despise and Go for the Throat. So we shared Go for the Throat. I went with more of the discard theme. You went with more of the creature theme. But basically, yeah. we, we just built mono black control. <laughs> yep. Yeah, if you're going to play mono black control, you're playing all five of those cards. Yeah. But <laughs> none of those cards are in the top ten. So. Yeah. So good deck. Good yeah, deck. Good job, guys. Yeah. All right, so red... I had Koth, Urbrask, and Inferno Titan. Uh, mine is Lightning Bolt, Koth, and Inferno Titan. Yeah, so pretty. Yeah, I, I'm, just giving, I'm just giving no love to Urbrask. Yeah, I know you are. So as soon as I said mine, I'm like, hmm, no Lightning Bolt. That seems wrong. <laughs> but the funny thing is, my Metal Red deck does not even play Lightning Bolt, so. <laughs> well, because, I mean, with, with artifacts. Right, Galvanic Blast is just better. Yeah, Galvanic Blast just becomes way better. Like, you always have Metalcraft, it seems like, so. Yep. Um, go ahead and do green. Okay, uh, I didn't even put Lotus Cobra on here. Uh, Primeval Titan, mostly because Balak is awesome sometimes. Beast Within, and Glissa's Scorn because it's Artifact Removal. <laughs> okay, so funny story, I didn't put Lotus Cobra on here either, but I think it's because I put it on my top ten list. Um, but I had Beast Within, Primeval Titan, and Vengevine, because I'm, it's like the only deck that consistently beats me, like whenever I play is Vengevine decks, like I don't know what it is, I think it's because yeah, like I just, extraction now. yeah I think it's just because I like trade away my Vengevines every time I get them, and so the card is upset with me, but <laughs> anyhow, um, top three artifacts. Uh, Badish Gold, Pummel, Magnet, Feast of Famine. Okay, I had Beast and Famine, Batter Skull, and Spellskite. Ooh. Yeah, and actually... Going out on a limb. Yeah, and actually on my top ten for a little bit, I had Everflowing Chalice. Um, I, I took don't it off. forget about Everflowing Chalice. I took it off because it, it just didn't seem powerful enough. Uh, but at the same time, going forward, like if I was going to do like a top five artifacts, I would definitely have the Chalice on there. But the spell sky, yeah. it's just good. I mean, like I know people are going to like stop falling for my little trickeries, you know, at some point. But I don't know. Like it just seems like a great way to protect everything else in your in your deck. So I don't know. Don't know if it's better than just like counter spell, but yeah. And the, and also the kind of really odd thing which you should definitely keep in mind when building, is that it, it's not a defender. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. equip a beat, right? Like, yeah, equip a sword. Like, <laughs> it, it is just a, a, you know, just a two-drop that can beat, like, if it, you know, if it ever gets that relevance. Obviously, I'm not sure when that situation would come up, but, you know, everyone was like, oh, like, you're 0-4 defender. And I, was, I always was just like, yep. <laughs> That's all he does. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're able to bump him, he's probably pretty good. Yeah, anyway, so... Um, Gold. Watch out, for, watch out for Surge Node. Surge Node, yep. I mean, I, if, if I had a top five, I'd, I'd put Surge Node on there. Okay. But, I, when, when we were talking about Gold, you know, you were like, well, I have, you know, there's only two, right? And it was just really funny to me. 
<laughs> you missed one, right? Yeah. Like, but, um, I mean, I, I only listed two. I think there's only <laughs> two good ones, and it's because there's only two gold plane walkers, and it's, you know, Fencer and Tezzeret. Yeah, exactly. I had them exactly the same, and there is only one other gold card, I think. Pretty sure this time okay. that's Jorkadeen. No, Glissa's gold. <sighs> Damn it. Yeah, but they're both terrible, so I'm sorry about it. Yeah, I think Jorkadine's better than Glissa though. Like you can at least build a deck around Jorkadine. <laughs> no, I think I think so too. I mean, like, the only time I think I would play Glissa is if I had Mindslayer and like a like a limited deck. And like, like just bring it back. Four executioner's capsules. <laughs> yeah, that gotta be good. That's it though. <laughs> Look out, extended. Like we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, gold, gold, gold is weak. Yeah. It is. Which is... I mean, well, I mean, we just had good. a gold block, and so they, I know they kind of wanted to get away from it, right? You know, Lara was gold, and... Yeah, I think it's coming back. You know, like, Commander, like, watch out, because they're going to put a lot of gold stuff in Standard to supplement Commander, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so here's what we did. We basically said, Cobblade's good. People are going to pack Artifact Hate to get rid of it. The cards that we're kind of going out on a limb with that we totally agree with are Dispatch. Uh, we'll go out on a limb there. We'll say, I think it's going to be good. I'm going to brew a list until it is good. So the rest of you can look out for that. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't say Karn, right? Like in the top ten. Like we well, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say was noticeably absent. Because I was going to say it in the artifacts, and then I realized, well, it's actually not an artifact. He's just colorless. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, noticeably absent. Um, another card I'd love to make good, so I think we'll have to get on that as well. Yeah. Oh, it's already good. It's already good. Yeah. I'll, I'll share that list with you later, and uh, I'll we, share it again after and we, I... And we won't tell any of you, any of you listeners, no list. That's right. Yeah. You have to come see us in person and give us money or cards. Yeah, or both. So you, can, you can help me finish my list. I need one more card. So. <laughs> There's a hand. It has Karn. Yeah, there you go. Karn is good. I said it. Alright, sweet. Well, this has been a bonus feature of Mana Sculpting. We hope you enjoyed. I hope you wrote down our picks, and then you flame us in a couple months when we're completely wrong, and Cobblade is in a deck. Okay. Don't, don't flame us now, because it'll just give us more incentive to, you know, make that card good. But basically, if, if like Cobblade is in a deck at some point, like then we're basically hosed. So <laughs> I'm feeling good no, about I mean, our chances. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean Gideon and Jace and Dispatch are still going to be good, right? So like yes. four out of the top, like three out of the top four is not bad. Yeah, not bad. Like, even without Cobblade, all those are going to be good. All right, Trevor Isham and Willie Bullard from Mana Sculpting. Have a good evening. All right, bye. bye guys.